Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. This is the Sports Charlotte Podcast. My name is Herb White. I am editor-in-chief of the Charlotte Post. And golf, anyone? It's going to be a first over at Charlotte's venerable Quail Hollow Golf Club in August. A new uh, event is taking place over there, and for the first time ever, uh, historically black colleges will be involved at the club. And with me is William Watkins, who is the head golf coach over at Johnson C. Smith University. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, Will. And uh, kind of fill us in on, on the details here. It's It's got a, a little bit of history and a lot of uh, outreach and plenty of golf. Yeah, uh, welcome. Uh, thank you for welcoming me, and hello, everyone. Uh, my name is William Watkins. I'm the golf coach at Johnson Smith University. And I would say last uh, August, I was approached by members of the uh, PGA uh Locally here, locally here at the uh, Quail Hollow, and also their headquarters in Florida. And I was uh, surprised to find out that they had already started discussions amongst themselves and planning a HBCU invitational um, tournament. And they had already included Johnson C. Smith, and kind of surprising, they said, "Well, hey, look, we probably need to." Uh, include the coach there as well. Uh, so I was excited, you know, wasn't upset, anything about that. I mean, anytime you can partner with the pinnacle of your sport, uh, being the PGA and golf here, uh, I was all excited and on board. And then as I found out more details about them wanting to host a tournament at Quail Hollow, a world-class institution, you know, I, I was I was flabbergasted and excited, and I said, if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. And so they revealed their plans. Um, uh, if anyone does not know, uh, they're hosting, the course is hosting the President's Cup uh, in September, late September of 2022, this year. And that's what got the ball rolling. They wanted to do a President's Cup-style event a month, about a month before that actual event with HBC News. So they uh, reached out to me to say, hey, this is what we're doing. We'd like to partner with you. We want you to be the host. And it took a few months to kind of hammer out the details. Uh, they were very inclusive, asked me my suggestions, and um, it eventually came to uh, fruition, and it's, it's, it's a go. So I'm excited to be a part of it. So now the event is called the Charlie Sifford Centennial Cup, and it's August 29th. And for folks who aren't necessarily familiar with uh, Charlie Sifford, uh, you know, Charlie Sifford was the first black golfer uh, to participate on the PGA Tour uh, during a time of rigid segregation of facilities. And uh, leagues, I guess, uh, when it came to golf uh, back in the 1950s and 60s. And Charlie Sifford uh, was a Charlotte native, and he learned uh, how to play golf as a as a caddy, uh, working on whites only golf courses in Charlotte. And so he honed his game and was uh, 
arguably the best black golfer in America because the uh, tours were segregated, but there was a black tour during that time, a lot like uh, the Negro Leagues uh, to baseball. And Charlie Siffer was the first black uh, golfer on the tour and, uh, you know, won a couple of events. So he's a very large uh, historic figure, and uh, you know Charlotte was home for him. And it, it, do you do you see the irony in that, or is that uh, part of the reason why PGA wanted to come to Charlotte and include Smith in all of this? Well, um, I, I've seen that the last couple of years there's been a big push in corporate America. To, to reach out to HBCUs and, and minority uh, groups. And I think that was uh, played a part in it as well. And uh, for me in our discussion, that seemed to be more of a driving factor. And then one of the final meetings that says, oh, well, we're also going to name the event Charlie Sifford. So I don't think they came up and said, hey, let's have a Charlie Sifford event and then plan. So... It kind of was in unison, if not uh, slightly thereafter. Um, but there's there's probably no other better golfer uh, other than Tiger Woods. But you know, um, it's great that Charlie Sifford is is the namesake on the tournament. And, you know, even Tiger Woods gives credit to Charlie Sifford for being who he is. And if people don't know, his son is named after Charlie Sifford as well. So um, it's it's a great event. It's a, a great namesake. And be tied to it, and you know we practiced at the course that was dedicated in his name, and I, re- I was there when uh, the course was dedicated, and you know to hear him talk about, hey, I used to fish balls out down in that creek, you know uh, I've hit balls in that creek, and you know I tell my players, hey, look, you know you have a, a great golfer that walked these grounds as well, and you know if you work hard, you can achieve success level as well. So now, when you look at this, you're, you know, this is a, a really big to do because this is part of the run up to the President's Cup. Uh, kind of give us a, an idea of of the format, and I, I'm assuming that outside of Smith, we don't necessarily know the teams that will participate. Smith is the whole school, obviously. Uh, so, kind of give us an idea of how this all works out, or the plan for it to work out. Okay, well, part of the planning process as well was to let the coaches across the United States know about this. So I imagine um, in the last couple of days, the PGA reached out to HBCU uh, programs to let them know of the event and the selection process just so that they're not blindsided and also if they need to do any type of preparation, uh, maybe even just... uh, uh, have the kids work a little harder, but there's nothing special in that. Uh, so every HBCU is eligible to, uh, to play. It's just that it depends on their finishing in the NCAA rankings at the end of the season. It would be about May. So the NCAA uses a scoring online scoring system called GolfStat. And the plan is to take the top-ranked four Division One schools and Johnson C. Smith will serve as a host, and then the top-ranked Division II program at the end of the year. And so Golfstat has varying ways to rank players. It's not necessarily just stroke play. It's who you play, uh, the courses you play. So 
So I think that was the intent of the coaches know, hey, look, you may want to play tougher competition so that you can get your rankings up. Um, you may want to uh, play harder courses as well. Uh, have tough regional opponents so that they can prepare for that. So they didn't want any situation where, hey, I didn't know I possibly could plan better. So as the host, we'll be the second HBCU program. Total of six schools, four Division One, two Division Two, and uh, for those who don't know, the President's Cup is comprised of 24 players, and they're split into two 12-man teams. And with six total teams participating in this collegiate uh, event. Each school gets to uh, select four players to uh, play. Uh, I think they're still working out the details of whether or not you can bring a fifth man as an alternate, uh, it seems wise, basically with uh, conditions with COVID and you know possible injuries. Uh, so I expect that uh, schools will be able to uh, at least travel with five, and they will have to select four players to compete. And there will be a selection process in which we'll break up into two 12-man teams. I uh, don't have the details on that yet, uh, and that will probably be just closer to the date, which will be, I believe it's August 22nd or so. Um, I'm sorry I don't have that information right <laughs> in front of me. But at that time, they will uh, come up with a format to break up into two 12-man teams, and we will play exactly the same as the President's Cup format is played with the professionals. So now, as the one team that we know will be in the field, uh, does that put any, not to say pressure, but urgency on you as the coach to translate it to the your players that, you know, this is a pretty big deal. It's the first of its kind. It's uh, one of the best courses in the world. And, you know, in order, you know, it, it, what's the carrot that you're going to use with your players to uh, get them ready to uh, to put their best game out there to be selected? Well, they, they are ready to go. And honestly, it could be any tournament. You know, we, we've been shut down. COVID for two seasons. You know, we lost two whole seasons. So the kids are anxious to play. We actually start our spring uh, schedule February 20th uh, at Winston-Salem. So the kids are even excited about that. And honestly, it's great to see them focused on what's happening now. And, you know, that's one thing that I had a professional golfer tell me that played with Tiger, that they, he, they loved that Tiger could focus on the now. So I try to make sure that we're concentrating on our spring schedule and our first tournament. But, of course, they're, they're thinking ahead. You know, they, they love it. The seniors are a bit disappointed uh, that they won't be able to participate. But they understand that the program is moving in awesome direction. And they support it. Um, I think even my previous uh, graduates, uh, they kind of think that, oh, shucks, I wish I could have played in it then. But they also see that it's it's for the benefit of Johnson C. Smith, uh, off uh, community. It's going to be exciting. The players are uh, ramped up. I have eight players on my team, so there's a lot of friendly banter, uh, competition. You know, they're saying, "Coach, who's going to be the four? And they, you know, that's a great problem for me to have to help them work uh, and get their skills set up to the point where that they have some friendly competition and strive to be in the top four. And you know, I'm looking to also recruit 
bring in replacements from graduating seat. And that's also been a benefit. Uh, as I said, this has kind of been the best kept secret, worst kept secret, excuse me. Uh, and, and I've had individuals to um, uh, kind of find out through PGA channels and whatnot. And once this is officially, you know, I can now go out and say, hey, look, you know, here's an opportunity and use as recruiting. So it's been a tremendous benefit. And uh, uh, going back to your original question, excuse me, but the kids love it, just trying to keep them focused. And honestly, we're, we're looking to prepare for this um, coming season and we'll use that as a method bar in selecting the four in um, August. With all of this going on, is, is this an opportunity uh, for, for Smith and HBCUs in general to uh, strengthen those ties with the PGA or in the, in the case of Smith with Quail Hollow where you can maybe uh, put together some possibility of, of, uh, of tournament play at the course, that kind of thing? Um, I honestly don't know, but um, it's something that I will look into. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, don't have it, and if they know we're unable to do it, I'm in the same position. And by asking, I just might be able to. And even if we're not there, maybe they can help us play at some of the other great area courses in Charlotte as well. Uh, one thing that I would like to explore with them is – um, you know, since they're calling this the inaugural event, you know, will this can we have a ten year anniversary at some point? You know, a twenty year anniversary. This would be great if we can sustain this, and that's one thing that I'll you know look uh, to uh, ask and, and and work with them. You know, I, if if there's anything I need to do, help out. You know, talk to the community, uh, help them fundraise. Uh, anything, because this is something that I think would be tremendous. And as I said, even if it's not uh, annually at Quail Hollow, but I would love to build upon this and make this a annual um, event. But you know, I'm grateful that we're at least having this opportunity this year. Yeah, because I was going to say, why not just shoot for? Hey, let's turn this into an every year kind of thing. Same place, <laughs> same time of year. It's all good. Yeah, I, I agree, and and we're thinking the same way, and. Uh, when the time is right, I'll ask them, say, hey, look, you know, what will it take to do this next year and, and the following year beyond? Yeah. I'm willing to make it happen. And just, you know, Charlotte is a great location. We have weather uh, that's great, I would say, you know, at least 10 months up here. You know, it's a great dolphin uh, locale. And I think that scheduling-wise, we can pick just about any month uh, when the golf season to play. So if we have that flexibility and, you know, I'm willing to do what I can to that uh, come to fruition. Uh, you know, like I said, we're thinking alike. I would love to do this in 2023 and 25, you know, 10, let's, let's have a 10 year anniversary, 20 year anniversary down. Yeah. I mean, because I, I would imagine that if you're, that if you're a golfer of any kind of skill, you know, there's only been so many places that, you know, you would really want to go play, you know, Augusta national Pinehurst number two, but neither of those places are linked to Charlie Sifford. So putting it in Charlotte and you've got Sifford's name attached to it, it, to me, you know, that's a no-brainer and makes way too much sense. Yeah, and you give me a great idea. You know, I'll, I'll 
see if I can reach out to uh, Charlie Sifford's foundation and see if there's something that, you know, what they even recommend uh, and see if they would like to help out and, uh, and continue this event on for years to come as well. Yeah. Now, let me shift gears just slightly, just slightly. Uh, when you look at uh, the state of HBCU golf, uh, and I guess the most famous black college golfer these days is a former basketball player, J.R. Smith from North Carolina A&T. Uh, kind of give me an idea of the state of black college golf. I think that most people who listen to this podcast are fairly knowledgeable and up to speed about the rich history of black college football and basketball and maybe even track and field. But golf is kind of like that underrepresented group uh, when it comes to black college sports. What is the state of black college golf? Um, well, you know, golf as a whole, uh, you know, since COVID, uh, tons of athletic departments at universities have been paring back. They've been cutting sports. That's been no different for uh, whether it's D1, D2, five mid-majors, um, HBCUs have been hit even harder. Um, there's definitely been uh, uh, low enrollments, funding gaps, you know, challenges. You have all types of expenditures associated with dealing with COVID. And even prior to COVID, uh, a lot of institutions, HBCUs, um, had canceled golf. You know, I was just talking to a colleague um, uh, this, this past week, and We've lost quite a few since I've been coach at Johnson C. Smith. That's going on 11 years. You know, when I started off, we, we played Payne College, South Carolina State, uh, Benedict, and all those programs are no more. Um, and they, they had strong programs in, in the beginning. Uh, since uh, in, in conference uh, alone, you know, Winston-Salem had golf, then lost it, and then they just brought it back. Uh, this would be the first year, you know, Rarely do you have an institution that is adding a program like Winston, and typically they're contracting. Uh, so we, in conference play, we've done pretty good as a conference to be able to maintain golf. We haven't lost anybody, but across the spectrum, black colleges have lost uh, several programs. And we do have a, a, a group, Black College Coaches Association, and we try to uh, help each other, uh, you know, uh, if it's, if it's giving co new coaches advice, planning, we try to do different tournaments. And as I said, our association has expanded to the point where that we've gone just from having a tournament in Atlanta annually to having a tournament in Deluxe. They're going to have a tournament in Raleigh this coming fall. Um, they're also planning to have a tournament at Harding Park in San Francisco. And it's in, going back to my uh, one of my original statements, corporate America has been supporting. The PGA also did a tremendous uh, thing partnering with its travel partner, United Airlines, by gifting $10,000 in travel credits to every HBCU program. And so programs that have a men's and women's program of $20,000, uh, and that helps offset the travel, and that is a tremendous help. And you know, hopefully, the programs will take advantage of that and expand and get that exposure. Uh, I think one plus coming out of COVID, golf has become popular again. 
So you have more students in high school playing golf as well. So hopefully that will help uh, kind of keep the HBCs alive and give them a more recruiting base. Um, and quite frankly, the more people you have playing golf, that will uh, kind of work its way up, hopefully. Uh, and then, you know, as coaches, we just need to overcome the funding issue. You know, we have to get out and fundraise and hopefully get alumni and supporters and community to invest in the programs. And, and that's probably the biggest recipe to keep uh, black college uh, golf going and expand it. All right. So final question. Uh, you talked earlier about uh, getting everybody focused on the right now. Uh, do you see this as, you know, even though you're focused on the right now, you mean to tell me that there is not a little bit of peeking down the road in terms of when you and your players walk on the Quail Hollow, a place that has held PGA uh tournaments and everything and you know it's you talked about hallowed ground you know tiger woods has played there you know some of the biggest names in the sport is is that something that you know are, are you thinking about or you know do you have an idea of how you may feel when you take your players out there for that first time and everybody gets a look at the joint well i've been extremely blessed uh last fall uh, I believe it was first week in October, the Jimmy Johnson Foundation reached out to us and they allowed area schools, college and high school, to participate in their tournament, which was held at Quail Hollow. So I was able to take three players out there and play in Jimmy Johnson's tournament. So I'm hopeful in everything that you described, that's what we had. It was amazing. The pictures, the clubhouse, the food, the green fairway. I'll vouch for the food. Uh, it was it was tremendous. It was tremendous. The kids, I, I, I enjoyed it. They they it was first class everything, uh, and it was nothing that you wouldn't have expected. And we had the starry eyes. We we had a tremendous experience. We were received very well. As I said, they had area high schools and a couple other colleges there, and. So I'm hoping that we got the starry-eyed look out of uh, uh, our heads. I know at least um, I was among them. I got to play with them. It was a tremendous experience. And and when we were all said and done, we looked at it and said, hey, this is just another golf course. And surprisingly, Quail Hollow was wide open. Um, with with the pro setup and all the ropes and the tents and the fans, it looks very condensed on TV. Even if you're there walking rounds, watching the um, professionals play, it looks very tight. And so that was one of the things that we talked about. Said, hey, this course is just a you know a regular course. It's a tough course, but it's it's wide open. You don't uh, expect to see as much trouble when you're playing it uh, as a regular participant than watching the pros play. So that, in a sense, makes it a little easier for me. Um, I'm hopeful that that experience with the three other players that I had to, uh, took with me, it was uh, one senior and two underclassmen. Uh, so if the two underclassmen are fortunate enough to uh, qualify to play, you know, they'll have that experience. And, you know, I have to take that into account. And as you mentioned, it is hard. They, they think about it. They're excited. Um, but I remind them, I said, hey, look, you're student athletes. you got to focus on your academics. 
you know, don't put yourself in a situation where that you won't be able to play. Uh, let's also keep in mind we have a conference schedule now, and then eventually we have our conference tournament uh, coming up April, uh, I believe it's 15th. So it, it can be a little difficult to not think ahead, but with golf, any golfer uh, that takes it serious, you know that you have to um, put your bad shots behind you and not think ahead. And that's one thing I just tried to approach to them. And I said, hey, look, think of this schedule as a round of golf. You know, you don't want to start thinking about how you're going to do on hole 18 and you're only on hole number three. You know, take care of the here and now. So it's a great opportunity for me to hammer that lesson uh, of golf. But, yes, as you said, it is difficult. They do talk about it. And I just hope that it doesn't become a big distraction. But it's also a big carrot as well. You know, I, I can get my kids to do a little extra community service. I can get them to go to study hall a little more. I can get them to practice a little more. You know, they, they listen to just about any direction that I give because they don't want to be on coach's bad side or get in um, uh, harm's way uh, in any other fashion. Yeah, that's great stuff there. So, William Watkins, golf coach at Johnson C. Smith, thanks for joining us for the podcast. Best of success with everything going forward with the season once it uh, tees off, and certainly in August for the Charlie Sifford Centennial Cup. And for all of you out there who are listening to the podcast, uh, feel free to uh, listen to us on Queen City Podcast Network as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember, journalism like this is free to listen to, but it is not free to produce. Please go to our website, thecharlottepost.com, and become a subscriber or a donor so that we can continue on with our work. And so for William and everybody over at the office, in beautiful Dorita. My name is Herb White. Thanks for listening. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com